I feel like so often we feel like something's happening to us, right? I lived in LA for 10 years doing acting, and the biggest thing I felt, and I saw other people feel, is they're waiting for auditions. They're waiting for somebody to give them this job. And the best advice I got was just to start creating content, just find a new way to do it. And it started just as a mental outlet for me of, okay, this is something I love to do. Why am I waiting for somebody to allow me to do this? That's filming on my phone and hiking and hosting and all of that. And then either that turns into something or it just gets you through those rough times until the other stuff comes back or until you have different opportunities. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. For those of you who are new here, my name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, the Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. And I help women use movement as a catalyst for change in their lives. Right now, you might not be trying to make any big changes in your life, and that's okay. We've all been through plenty over the last year. But I do believe that as we train for an endurance event, we learn a lot about ourselves and we change in the process. Crossing that finish line can feel amazing, but anyone who has trained for a first 5K or a marathon or a triathlon will tell you that it was so much more than the distance and the pace or the finish line. They learned so much about themselves, about setting goals, and what is possible when they put their mind towards something and they come out of it more confident, feeling like they can conquer anything. Now, I'm so excited that the world is opening up again. It's starting to look like we might even have some in-person triathlons in Kansas City this summer. And I'm trying to convince myself that I can pull off the sprint distance after not being in a gym or a pool since this pandemic began for over a year. So in the spirit of new beginnings, of forging a new path, of creating our own opportunities, I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, who I believe is the perfect person to help us as we start to come out of a wild 13 months that created disruption in everyone's lives, causing probably all of us, to pivot in some way. When today's guest found that she was unable to travel to record her travel show the way that she had been accustomed to over the years, she changed her life in some big ways, which you're going to hear about in this interview. She also wrote and published a book during the pandemic, The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love. I loved our conversation because she has an interesting life, and I think it would be a lot of fun to be her sidekick for a couple of months. You can tell she has a big heart, goes all in on her dreams, and loves a good adventure. And that's my kind of person. So let me tell you about today's guest, Monica Ortega. She's a professional on-camera host, author, speaker, and actress who created the travel show called Monica Goes back in 2014 to inspire others to break out of their comfort zones and go on adventures. She says she's someone who's afraid of everything and that she'll put herself through almost anything to show that if an average everyday person like her can do these things, anyone can. Monica MCs at some of the biggest music festivals in the nation, has been seen in over 20 commercials, and is the co-host of the podcast Stumbling Forward. She recently published her first book, The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love, 
and her goal is to inspire others to face their fears, break out of their comfort zones, and learn to lean into the pivot. I know you'll love this interview with Monica Ortega. Welcome to the show, Monica. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me on. So you have a new book out. It came out April 1st, if I saw that. So at the time of this recording, it's one day old. Is this your first book? Yes. Oh my gosh. I get what people say about writing a book is like giving birth, even though I've never given birth, but it's a process. So yes, I'm in the fun part now. (laughs) Yay. So tell us about the book, what it's about. So the book is called The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love. We all had this giant pivot, obviously, in 2020. So I wanted it to be a guide for people that are going through changes, don't quite know how to go about it, how to come out the other side. So it's really to help people shift their mindset from setbacks to setups and see second chances as opportunities and talks about pivoting in relationships and careers and global crisis and the whole shebang. (laughs) And so needed right now. I think that 2020 and 2021 have completely turned people's lives upside down. I know we were talking a little bit before we started. My daughter graduated with a degree in theater right before the pandemic started. And so for all of our theater friends, this has been a massive time of pivot and trying to come up with what are we going to do? There's no theaters. Hopefully that's really going to start opening up this fall, like they're saying, but They've all had their lives turned upside down as everybody has, but it's been a time where they've really had to come up with what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make money while I'm waiting to do the thing that I trained to do? So I think that this is great timing for a book like this. Yeah, I worked in the film industry, emceed big giant music festivals and had a travel show. So all things that just completely died at the beginning of all of this. So yes, I get it. Things that you were all doing right as the pandemic started? Yeah. So I emcee a lot of the big country music festivals. So obviously that was like the first thing to get canceled was Stagecoach and all these big country festivals. And then I was traveling probably every other week for my travel show. And yeah, so all those contracts died and I was speaking at conferences. Those got canceled. So yeah, it was a quite a shift and pivot as well. So was writing the book your big pivot or what did you do yourself in this time when all of your plans got canceled? Oh man, I feel like I pivoted in so many ways. My life looks completely different than a year ago, which I didn't expect in all the best ways. But yeah, one of the hardest things for me was stopping and giving myself that time to just feel whatever I was feeling at the moment. I I know a lot of people in the travel world that pivoted, but continued in the travel space and their careers blew up. And it was really humbling to just sit and be like, I don't feel like it right now and just take that in. And then, yeah, it was summer of 2020. I never planned on writing a book at all, but I always thought, I felt like I was in the middle of the story, but I realized that my middle might be somebody else's beginning. And maybe I do have some stuff to share. And I realized I've gone through a lot of changes in my life. And it's one thing I'm actually really good at is navigating change. And suddenly everybody was in that situation. So I sat down to write it and yeah, it was like three weeks later I had a book and I was like, Oh, I I guess I had some stuff to say. So I definitely never planned on my life being here. I moved States. I met somebody like everything in my life looks completely different. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. So tell us a little bit about the travel show that you were doing. 
Yeah. So the travel show is called Monica goes. And I started that back in 2014. My goal was really just to inspire people to break out of their comfort zones and start going on adventures. And then I was also trying to break into a hosting career in Los Angeles. So it was a way to create content, but I never really planned on it being a business. It was just something I love to do. And six years later, we're still going. There's about a hundred episodes. Obviously there's a little bit of a lull right now, but we shifted into local travel and outdoor adventures is something that's always been on my heart. So it's cool that everybody's looking at that stuff now and finding, you know, new loves in camping and hiking. But yeah, so that's just been a f- really fun thing. I'm afraid of everything, which I realized very quickly. And so the show became about facing those fears. There's a lot of me crying, hanging off of cliffs, but it's really fun. <laughs> that sounds okay. Yeah, I was all in until you started talking about hanging off a cliff. <laughs> I'm afraid of ducks. Like I'm crying in a duck nearby me. So there's really random fears too. (laughs) So what kinds of things did you have to learn to launch that piece of your career to be able to do the announcing and the travel show? What did you have those skills to begin with or did you have to go learn new things? It's funny because I bounced around in the entertainment industry for about 20 years. I got my degree in musical theater, always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, and then moved to Nashville to sing country music, ended up doing acting in LA. So I was bouncing around in all these things, but I kept thinking I'd be on set or doing something. I would think, oh, I wonder if I'll be in ho- home in time for The Bachelor. And I thought, this isn't lighting me up the way it should be. But I kept getting hired to MC at events and host different things. And I was reading the book, You Were a Badass by Jen Sincero. And it was like, when are you your best self? When are you happiest? When do you lose time? And it was when I was hosting and when I was emceeing. And the second that light bulb went off, I started taking the hosting classes, which led into her saying, create your dream show to get auditions, which was Monica Goes. And uh, yeah, everything fell into place after that. Of I feel like once we once the pieces make sense then there's no stopping us. But yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit bouncing around. (laughs) Well, and both of those things are definitely still in the bucket of entertainment. Might not be entertaining people the way that you envisioned with the musical theater degree, but they're absolutely in that realm. I think the hardest thing for me to learn was to treat the show as a business because I was so creative and I'd come from this world of you audition, you get the part, and then everyone tells you what to do. When you're running your own business, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know social media. I didn't even know how to edit. And so it was just like so much Googling and you know trying to figure it all out. But that was exciting to me because I knew I loved what I was doing. So I was willing to put in the work of figuring out that stuff. But yes, it was a much longer process of figuring out the things I didn't know along the way. That's exciting though. So you go to write this book. What are some of the things that people can learn by reading this book or why should they read the book? Yeah, it it walks a lot through my own journey. I knew I wanted to talk about, so I was married and I was in a very emotionally abusive marriage. And when that ended, there was a lot that came out of it. A lot of lessons, a lot of, okay, what do I want my life to look like now? I feel like before that point, I'd always thought my life was linear. You go to high school, you go to college, you get married, you have babies. And so all of a sudden that blows up and the plan is out the window. And for the first time in my life, I got to ask, okay, who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? What do I actually want? And then I started piecing together all of those things, whether it's career and relationship, all these different parts of my life. And so that's where it starts is going through those things. But 
I don't want it to be a book about me. It's really using my journey to hopefully inspire other people to navigate through these changes with a positive mindset. So it touches on relationships. It touches on career changes because I've done a lot of those. And I feel like there's this stigma of if we're changing careers, we're failing, or if we lose our job, we're starting from scratch instead of just going, okay, the average person changes career seven times. So what's next? And what do I actually want? It touches a lot on mental health and some of the things that happen when we go through changes that maybe we don't see coming in that department, which is a lot, especially I feel like we've all experienced that in the past few years. But yeah, at the end of every chapter, there's exercises. I really want readers to do the work on themselves, ask those big questions, and then start piecing together what they want, who they want to be in the life they want to live. So I know that's like a big statement, but I really do want it to inspire people to to start making the choices that they like. So let's say that somebody just feels like they're stuck in this bad place. What would be one of the first things you would tell them to do to start making changes in their life? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is give yourself permission to change. I remember staying in a lot of bad situations, bad jobs, bad. My first college experience was really awful personally. And that took a huge toll on my mental health because I felt like I had to stay. I made this choice. I have to stay. So I would say, give yourself permission to start looking at other options and then start figuring out what it is you actually want to do, or even just who you want to be and finding traits of who you want to be. And that can take you to those things. So for me, I combine, I always joke that I was never into the woo-woo stuff. It took me about 10 years of living in LA to get on board with that. But I've learned to combine it. So I do the visualization of picturing my ideal day. I wake up. What do I see? What does it smell? Who am I with? Okay, I'm going to work. What does that job look like? How does it feel? And just going through the day-to-day. And then I write that out. And then I do the vision board. So I have the physical version of it. But the step that I do, because I'm such a type A person, I need to do list, I need a plan, is then I'll work it backward. So if in my ideal version of myself, I get up and I run eight miles and I'm super fit and I'm doing meditation and I have this super healthy lifestyle, but I currently can't run and I eat pizza rolls for breakfast. Okay, how do I start changing these things to make the healthy daily habits that will set me on that path. So the more things we can put into place now, the closer we are to reaching those goals in the long run. So it helped me feel a little bit less woo-woo of just visualize it and hope for the best into an actual plan. If you're not a runner and you see a marathon, start working it back to, okay, a year from now I'm running eight miles, six months from now I'm running three miles. Maybe I'm just going for a half a mile right now. And that's legit how I started getting into running. I could barely run at all. So that's like a very easy example. But just with career, with relationships, start working it backward into steps that you can do today and just ask yourself those big questions of what do you want to be and who do you want to be? Yep, I think that's huge. I know I had this conversation with a neighbor last summer where it was in the middle of summer, it's super hot, nobody feels like running and So the tendency is to, I can't do it the way I'm used to doing it, but I'm not going to do it at all. And I was like, how about instead you think about doing intervals because doing a run walk is going to get your heart rate up and doing that is going to be better than, oh, if I can't run my eight minute mile because it's too hot, I'm going to give up. And I think things like that make a big difference too. What can you do right now? How can you look at it a different way so that you can still make forward progress instead of just, oh no, the world is coming to an end. I can't do anything. 
Yeah. And mixing it up. I always say, be curious about different things in your life and different changes. So taking that same example, I can't do work the way I used to do work. Okay. What can you do and how can you mix it up? All right. Let's see if this works. If it doesn't work, throw it out. If it does work, keep doing that. But we're never going to know what works and doesn't without trying it. So whether it's a physical activity, whether it's your job, whether it's a relationship, sometimes we just need to be shaken out of our routine to try new stuff. This episode is sponsored by Iris Digital Media Group, a social media marketing agency that I started with my daughter, Abby. Abby is an actress living in New York City who also had to pivot. She graduated with a BFA in acting and moved to New York to start auditioning two months before COVID hit and the entertainment industry shut down. So we decided to combine her passion for video, film, social media, and entertainment marketing with my 30 years experience in marketing, management, sales, and lead generation to start an agency to help small business owners turn their profits and passions into profits. We love going to work each morning because we have the best clients, and it's so exciting to be sitting on a Zoom call with them and experience that light bulb moment when they say something magical that becomes the spark that we use to develop their next social media marketing campaign. We are creating websites and social media content for startup companies, for actors who had to find another way to pay the bills, for photographers, salon owners, wellness professionals, business coaches, and personal stylists. And we would love to talk to you. Send us an email at kim at irisdigitalmediagroup.com and let's talk about how we can elevate your social media marketing. So what kind of advice would you have for people in the entertainment industry let's just keep going with that example since you have a background there too, who have just had everything that they know put on hold. And now maybe there's new opportunities opening up or auditions are going to start. But, and this could be the same as running too, because if you sat on your couch and you didn't prepare, you let everything go, now opportunities are opening up and it's go time. What kind of advice do you have for people who just sat around? And not that there's anything bad about that because we all had to do what was best for our mental health. But what advice would you have for those people who need to, now's the time to get started? Yeah, that's that's probably the hardest thing, right? When you've lost that motivation. I know I didn't do much for physically for a year and then trying to get into running after I moved to Colorado. It's a different elevation. It took me a very long time to try to get to the place where I could run again because you feel awful, right? You take a step into it. It feels foreign. You feel out of shape or you feel you know unmotivated in your career. So the first thing I would say is be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up for everything that happened before because that's done. And then I would say create a plan. And it may not be going for everything at once, or you may not be able to run the way you used to, but starting small and going, okay, what can I do today? And then for me, because again, I'm super type A, I like to have a checklist. So I'm going to make this plan for 30 days and I have to check those boxes for 30 days. And then at the next 30 days, you start doing the next plan. And the more you get into it, the more it'll come back and you'll be back into a routine. But in terms of the entertainment industry, in just life in general, I feel like so often we feel like something's happening to us, right? I lived in LA for 10 years doing acting 
And the biggest thing I felt and I saw other people feel is they're waiting for auditions. They're waiting for somebody to give them this job. Mm-hmm. And the best advice I got was just to start creating content, just find a new way to do it. And it started just as a mental outlet for me of, okay, this is something I love to do. Why am I waiting for somebody to allow me to do this? That's filming on my phone and hiking and hosting and all of that. And then either that turns into something or it just gets you through those rough times until the other stuff comes back or until you have different opportunities. But I would say if you're a creative person and you feel like that has come to a halt, find ways to still be creative, even if it's just for your mental health. But you'd be surprised at how much that actually turns into a career because once we start doing the thing we really love all the time, opportunities seem to find their way out. There's TikTok and Instagram, there's all these different ways to just put content out there and have fun with it and take the pressure off and then just see where it goes. Yep. I agree with all of that so much. And I think especially when you're a creative person, you need to find a way to have that creative outlet. And you might be surprised at what it is you come up with. Or I've seen a lot, I've seen so many actors come up with such great ideas for things that they find fulfilling while their lives are on hold. And I'll be really curious to see how many of those people turn those into their full-time jobs once new opportunities open up even. Yeah, for sure. Even for me, the travel show is still a bit on a hold. It's like it's coming back, but then obviously some of these contracts take a long time to put together. It's still, there's still a long way to go. I feel for at least me personally in my own travel show. But so yeah, my boyfriend and I started Denver Diner Duo. We thought, let's just go to local restaurants. We can support local restaurants. I know how to edit and we could put content out there. And that way I still have something going. And it's been a blast. It's been so much fun because I've taken out the big production aspect and we're just having fun with it. So who knows? What are you doing? What is that? Yeah. For my travel show, I create video, blog, social media content, and they're like 10 minute high production kind of videos. So we're just doing like a very scaled down version. So we go to restaurants and we're creating those Instagram reels, the TikTok videos, just having fun eating, filming ourselves, talking about the food. And then we're giving the restaurants the photos we take for them to use for themselves. And yeah, so it's just a fun thing, but it's also helping the restaurants and it's helping us explore because we just moved here. So it's uh, it's been a fun little side project. I love that so much because I feel like restaurants are another category that just got hit so bad. And I could see where that would really generate a lot of interest for a restaurant. So that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's fun to get back out in the travel world, even though we're not traveling very far, because I always say adventure can be anywhere. It can be in your backyard. I mean, you could find a hike that maybe you've never done before. And so I think that is one positive thing that's also come out of this is people started to look at travel a bit differently. And the road trip is coming back and the camping and the things that I've always done. That's the primary thing on my show anyway. But I love that people are discovering that and they're discovering their own cities. So we would have never, ever driven across the country for any reason up until now, but my high school daughter wanted to have a spring break trip this year. And I'm like, I am not going to fly with all of these people when most of the airlines are not separating and I'm not going to have a layover. I had all these restrictions that I'm not going to do. Everybody can do whatever they want to do, but I personally was not going to do that until I'm vaccinated. So I had all these rules. We drove 15 hours to a beach for spring break. And we would have never done that. And it was so much fun. 
I we love it. Trip with a friend and the girls had a great time. That's awesome. I'm from Michigan. We always joke in the Midwest that if it's like under 40 hours, we'll drive. <laughs> I think once a year we drove to Florida. It was like, all right, that's the trip to Florida. It's only 24 hours. So (laughs) I grew up road tripping. (laughs) Yeah, it was an adventure. And the other mom did almost all of the driving, which I felt horrible about. But we had a great time. I know last summer there was a lot more camping we were seeing. But I'm betting that we're still going to see a lot more road trips and camping into this summer too. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. They've already shown it in the parks that these campsites are filling up and going crazy, which I always tell people, I love the national parks. I am a huge national park advocate, but I think there's a lot of state parks and other places that maybe people aren't looking at. So I would say, don't get discouraged. If everything seems full, you can find really awesome places that are off the beaten path as well. But I, yeah, I think the road trip is it's here to stay and it's going to be there for a while. And we just did it actually last weekend for my birthday. We drove to the mountains and no plan, just wandered around towns and that was about it, but it was so much fun. It felt like we were traveling again. Yeah. And I think most people have great areas where they can bike or stand up paddleboard or hike within, let's say an hour of their house. So you could have a little mini day trip and feel like you're having an adventure too. Yeah, I totally agree. So what is involved with being the MC at a music festival? Oh my gosh. It's the best job ever. And I cannot wait. I'm, I'm like 2022. We're coming back. It's funny. So I moved to Nashville to sing and write country music. And I ended up getting a job at the Wild Horse Saloon, which if anybody knows it, it's like this three-story, I think it's the biggest line dancing venue in in the Hmm. world, maybe. And I got the job not because I can dance, but because I have no shame. So I would get on the microphone and just pull people out to do the running man. And it's it was so much fun. And I would start emceeing at the concerts that they had there, which were massive concerts like Etta James and Brett Michaels and all these people. And I come out and I announce them and get the crowd hyped and stuff. Hmm. But I love it because it's so much like improv because you never know what's going to happen. It's a live event. So at the music festivals, I've got I'm dealing with 2000 drunk people and teaching them to dance and making sure they have a good time and stay safe. And I've done, what do you want to call it? A talent shows and the next act isn't ready. And then you're just on stage and you have to kill time. And I love it. It makes me feel the same way that facing fears makes me feel, which is extremely present. I can't be in my head thinking about what I'm going to eat later or what my boyfriend said or anything like that. Like you just, you're in it and you have to do it full out. So I love it. That makes me think, going back to the pivoting thing, is facing fears, does that play a part in how you pivot? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, chapter one is basically all about fear and where our fears come from as children. So I grew up being afraid of everything. I still am afraid of a lot of stuff. And it's funny because when I was pitching the book, a lot of people said, it doesn't match up with your travel show. But to me, it's the same thing. It's pushing out of your comfort zone and facing those fears to create a life you love. And I always say facing a fear may be jumping off a cliff or facing a fear may be going to dinner by yourself. So it's just figuring out where that line is and then towing that line a little bit because the second you step even slightly out of your comfort zone, it forces you to be present. It takes you to a new place mentally. So I encourage everybody just to try just a little bit. You don't have to go crazy and go full out. And I'm terrified of heights. I'm going to jump out of a plane. It's like, maybe just try a hike that's a little bit high up and just see how you feel. And you'll figure out really quickly if something's not for you. I always tell people, try everything twice. By the second time, if you don't ever want to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which I've had some. (laughs) One of the things I saw on your Facebook page is nine things to do when you're feeling anxious, which I think also plays into the fear thing and everything people are feeling because of the pandemic. Can you give us a few ideas on what to do when you feel anxious? Yeah, absolutely. Part of the mental health stuff for me is creating a mental health toolkit is what I call it. And I started the first time I felt depression going from high school to college, I had this big shift and I didn't want to go on any medication. So I thought, okay, I need to figure out what to do. And so I started putting together this toolkit of things that worked for me. And then when my divorce happened and I felt anxiety for the first time, the depression toolkit, some of it worked, some of it didn't. And I thought, okay, I need to build out a new toolkit. So I always say, first of all, honor your feelings, whatever you're feeling that day. So if you're super anxious try meditation. Maybe see if you can calm your brain down. If your brain is not shutting up, maybe try going for an angry run. If that's not working, journal it out, stream of thought consciousness. So trying all these different things and then either making a mental note or actually writing it out so that you build out this toolkit. So you have different options. So then when your brain starts to spiral toward anxiety or toward depression, you can just pull out the toolkit pick one, try it. If it doesn't work, try another one and keep going. And it's not a guarantee. I'm not a medical professional or anything, but I have learned that it helps me to stop the spiral before I let it get too far. Because especially with anxiety, our brains are telling us all sorts of stuff and we can get into really dark places if we don't stop that and we just go down the rabbit hole. The biggest thing that's helped me that I tell people is So our brains are weird and they lie to us and they tell us all sorts of stuff, especially in an anxiety spiral. So I try to stop the lie. And if I can't do it myself, I call a friend, like my best friend. I'll be like, hey, so my brain is telling me that I'm a terrible friend and that I suck at everything. And then she'll be like, no, you're a great friend. You called me last night. You did this. You bought me. And then you have proof that stops that lie before you let it spiral into, I'm a bad friend. No, I'm a horrible person. Oh, I shouldn't even be alive. Like you can go to really dark places if you just follow the lies. So stop the lie before it starts. That is brilliant. That is so brilliant. (laughs) I've never heard anybody put it exactly that way, but just the idea of calling a friend who can set you straight because you can spiral so quickly in that situation. Yeah. And if you don't have a friend, I say, write it out. So write out, okay, this is what my brain is saying. And then have write out proof of why that's not true. It's easier to have a friend do it because sometimes when we're in that spiral, we can't actually see it for ourselves. But another thing I always say is to write out your accomplishments so that when you do start to spiral, you have written proof because sometimes in that moment, we can't think of anything we've ever done. That's awesome. But if you have that letter to yourself, like I've literally written to a letter to myself being like, you're amazing. You've done this. And, this. and so then the brain starts going there. You pull that letter out. No, obviously my brain's lying to me because I have accomplished all these things. Yep. I talk about this all the time, but I do this with my run coaching clients. I have them keep a journal and obviously you can't make anybody write what they don't want to. But one of the things I recommend to them is that. I want you to write down how you're feeling throughout the training. And I want you to celebrate in your journal, all of the good things, because then when you're at the end of your race training and you're at that panic mode, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. You can flip through your journal and be like, oh yeah, I did a lot of hard work. And you can trace not just how you physically changed, but how your mindset changed throughout your training too. 
And I think journaling just about your life, even if you wrote down one sentence a day or one paragraph a day, it does exactly what you're saying. It gives you some things to flip back through when you're not feeling as good about yourself and when you're not feeling as confident. So you can say, look, it's not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, when you start figuring out what works and doesn't work and talking about journaling, it's actually funny. We talk about that today because I was feeling bad yesterday. I was just anxious. There was all these things going on. I laid in bed. I couldn't stop my brain. I thought, all right, I'm going to get up and journal. And I realized that I had been journaling daily until about a month ago. And I'd also been doing this like hardcore diet until about a month ago. Like all these healthy habits had stopped about three to four weeks ago. And just even looking at the date, I was like, this makes sense why I don't feel great because I stopped doing all these things that made me feel awesome. So just writing that out and letting all the bad feelings out on paper, but then also looking at it going, okay, this plan helped me. What I'm doing right now isn't helping me. So then today, first thing I did, get up, journal, meditate, run. I'm like, all right, let's get back into those healthy habits. So once you see a pattern of what's working for you and what's not working for you, when you get to those places where something's not working, you have proof of something you can go back to that does. Yep. I love that because that is the core of what my book is about, which is tracking all of these things so you can start to see what works and what doesn't and what signals your body is sending to you. And a lot of times you can't begin to figure that out unless you have something documented so you can go back and be like, Oh, obviously. So that reminded me of another thing too, though. When you were writing your book, as you were coming up, you're saying this was within the last month. Did you find that you let go of a lot of those healthy habits that were part of your lifestyle as you were writing the book? I know I did that. And when I was done writing, promoting everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I had stopped taking care of myself in that time. Did you go through anything like that? I didn't when I was writing the book and not even when I was publishing it, but that was so stressful that I think once the book was done and published, I gave myself that break. I was like, all right, we're good. Even though obviously there's marketing, there's still so much more. Plus there's just life, like being healthy in life. And but yeah, I celebrated probably too hard, gave myself a little bit of a, a freedom there. But then, yeah, when I was looking at it last night, I thought I'm not following the advice I'm giving everybody else in these podcast interviews and the book. I thought I need to go back and take my own advice because I know that it works for me. And so, yeah, yeah going back and just reminding yourself of those things. And one thing I always say too, is the biggest thing is to not beat yourself up because we, we do that. And then we stay in those negative places of, oh my gosh, I've just let it all go. I already put five pounds back on. I might as well just say, screw it. Instead of looking at what's working, what's not working. Businesses do it. They look at their business every quarter and they say, what's well, working and what's not. And then they adjust. But for some reason, as humans, we use it as a way to beat ourselves up. Oh, this isn't working. I failed at this. And instead of feeling like a failure, just go, okay, that didn't work. Throw it out what does work? This works. So let's give it a go again. And just getting more curious about our life instead of holding on to these things and using them as a way to beat ourselves up. So smart. I also wanted to ask you a little bit about, I know you didn't like all the woo kind of stuff, but you do talk about manifesting your dream life. What are some things that people can do to make sure that they are creating a life that they love? Yeah, I think, like I said, those steps of visualizing it, 
and breaking it down into the small stuff, not just visualizing. Sometimes it's hard to like look at the big picture and be like, oh, I see five children in this house. Just the little things. What does it feel like to be the person you want to be? How does that feel in your body to be that healthy person that gets up and meditates and runs and, you know, does all these good things for yourself and then putting it down on paper. And then, like I said, I do the vision board. So I have the actual visual reminder of it and then creating that plan and working it backwards. So those kinds of steps help me, but then always checking in with yourself because we're always pivoting. We're always changing. Our goals may change. Obviously, like I said, I went through a divorce. My whole, the whole plan blew up. Okay. So go back to square one, start visualizing again, create a new vision board. Maybe it doesn't include a partner. Maybe it does, but it's a different person, different things like that. And so it's okay to go back to that. I do one every single year. And I know that's a bit over the top, maybe for some people, but it's a way for me to check in and make sure that the goals I have for myself, I still want. And it's okay. If you don't, it's not a big deal to change. And then also that I'm becoming the person I want to be because we know in our gut when we're going the wrong way, but we don't always know that we're going the right way. So sometimes it's just coming back to that. Do I still like who I am? Yeah, I really do. Okay. Then I must be doing something right. And I'm on the right path. So even if I may not see the end goal, or maybe I don't feel like making a vision board, if I like who I am in general, I'm going the right way and just trusting that's going to make it okay in the end and you'll figure it out. Great advice. Now, is there anything you want people to know about the book or about pivoting that I did not ask you? The book is available on Amazon, (laughs) but I also, I really just want people to learn to be kind to themselves and honor whatever they're feeling. I feel like I've met a lot of people that are one, one end of the spectrum or other. And I have friends who are just trying so hard to just get through something and I'm going to be positive. And if you don't feel it, if you're angry, go for a run, do something else, mix it up, but be kind to yourself, honor what you're feeling, and then try to just get curious and see setbacks as opportunities to reevaluate and just change directions if you need or change your mindset if you need. Love it. And how can they connect with you online, social media, website, all of that? Yeah. So the main website is monicagoes.com that has the travel show, that has my podcast, that has the book, that has everything on it. And then on social media, I'm at Monica Goes Show or at Power of Pivoting. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I love talking to you. Your book sounds fantastic. Can't wait to check out your show. You have a lot of great things going on. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.